Hello, everyone, and welcome to All of the Above, the podcast where, when given the choice between talking about A, sharing stories, B, philosophy of ministry, or three, talking about books, we chose the fourth option, doing all of the above. Excellent. I'm joined today by Trevor Hoffman, the international man of mystery and intrigue. Yeah, we picked neither A, B, nor three. <laughs> we went with D. <laughs> yeah. You know, it'd be that way sometimes. How are you, Trevor? I'm doing great. It's Valentine's Day. Happy to be here. Love is in the air. It is. It is. So I was trying to think of a question to start the podcast off. By the way, I talked to somebody, a listener of this podcast, and they said they just skipped this whole first part of the podcast. Well. I think this is the meat. Not actually. This is not the meat of the podcast. It's their loss, man. Yeah. If, if you're do listening you to this. Do you, you want to out this person publicly, or are we getting no, that yourself? No, keep that okay. okay. So if you're listening to this. It was your this, wife, wasn't it? It was not my wife. <laughs> <laughs> was it my wife? It was not your okay. wife either. Okay. Um, so if you're listening to this and you are that person, you can probably skip to like minute three or something like that. Perfect. You can get to the meat. But I was trying to think of a question to start us off and I couldn't, but I thought of an experience I had this week and okay. it led to a question. Um, so I stepped on a Lego for the first time mm. in my adult life and it was like, I've become a father now. Yeah. So what was that? What was that moment for you? That was like, this is it. I've become oh, the meme of a fatherhood. <laughs> Goodness, I had this uh, this moment where I think Jude was in kindergarten and, and I was taking him. I picked him up from school and I was driving him home, and I started to lecture him on being a good student. Mm. Um, and I I kind of had that realization moment. Oh, I mean, one it was kindergarten, which you know, but this realization moment where I was like, I am my parents now. I am I am lecturing him on, uh all the same things that my parents lectured me on. So here we are. We've come full circle. Man. I think that was that moment for me. That's great. So today we're talking about a book um, that we thought is is super helpful. Um, Trevor actually picked it up, so I'm going to let him uh, intro it and, and give a little synopsis of what we're talking about today. Yeah, so it was actually a book that I've read a couple of years ago. Um, goodness, um, whenever we did the podcast on Being the Bad Guys, it was around that time that I read it because I read these two books in tandem, Being the Bad Guys, and then this book, How to Talk About Jesus Without Being That Guy. Uh, This book is by Sam Chan, and mostly um, I just wanted to talk about one chapter in this book, one insight he had that for whatever reason had come to mind for me again, and it was the, the insight of uh, or the uh, the opportunity, I should say, that we all have to see ourselves as the chaplain of the places that Jesus puts us. Um, so your dad is a chaplain. He's a military chaplain. He is. Tell us about that. I mean, what, what do chaplains do? Like, it, as far as you know, I guess. Yeah, as far as far as I know, um, I guess if he's listening to this, he could be shaking his head because I could be getting this completely wrong. <laughs> um, but they take on take on a variety of roles, just depending on. Like, like with any other job, it can kind of vary um, based on location or at what level you are or rank. Right. Um, but for the most part, a chaplain serves as a spiritual um, point person, spiritual yeah, kind of go-to for a um, group of soldiers or an entire base, or there's a chief of chaplains who's the spiritual go-to for, for the entire army. Um, they're, they counsel... Um, they give advice. Um, they they pastor. Um, they're responsible for the the, the chapels on military bases. Um, so they really take and steward the mm. military. Yeah. Uh, for the Lord. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I mean, when I think about a chaplain, I think 
of somebody who essentially takes spiritual responsibility for a group mm. of people. But it's different from a pastor in that there's not this isn't like a group of covenant believers who have you know joyfully bound themselves together as a local church and who joyfully submit to the leadership teaching of pastors of a of an area church. This rather is a an individual chaplain is, is someone who chooses to be the spiritual point person for a group of people and does so through, largely through building relationships with those people over long periods of time. So getting to know people, uh, maybe that's a military unit, maybe that's at a military base, maybe that's at a workplace. You know, I, I think of there's multiple people in our body who have done different kinds of chaplaincies and, and workplaces. So it's somebody who just kind of chooses to take ownership of this people to, uh, you know, makes effort in getting to know them, shows interest in them, asks for prayer requests, um, uh, remembers people's names, and then takes advantage of opportunities that are oftentimes few and far between, but opportunities that present themselves through uh, life change or through tragedy or through um, uh, somebody finding themselves in a sticky situation needing wisdom. And what I found really helpful was uh, about this chapter and about what Sam Chan said, Sam Chan is this great, this dude with this great accent, he's this brilliant um, author and speaker. He, he writes a lot about evangelism. He's a Chinese-Australian, so he's just got the coolest accent. Something that he said that we should do in our circles is to just consider ourselves a chaplain, um, to take spiritual responsibility for our areas, the place where the Lord puts us. Um, I mean, help me think through this. Like your, your gym, mm-hmm. your neighborhood, your workplace. Um, what else? Yeah, I mean, I think you could... Think of it in, in any area that you occupy <laughs> regularly yeah. on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, That's good. That's a good qualifier regularly. Yeah. Yeah. Being the chaplain for your Panera. Yeah. If you go there regularly or being the, um, like you said, gym, place of work. Those are the ones that kind of come to mind because those are the ones you kind of frequent on a regular basis. But I think that's a helpful way to think through it. Yeah. Little League team that exactly. you might be coaching for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Shops, coffee shops, restaurants, whatever. He says, this is evangelism tip number seven in his book, How to Talk About Jesus. He says, become their unofficial de facto chaplain. And he says, a chaplain is wise. And the point that he makes there is that uh, a chaplain is somebody who just has a good sense of things and who can speak into different issues in people's lives, uh, who can live in such a way that they are seen as somebody who would have valuable insight. Um, A chaplain is somebody who learns everybody's names, Mm. which I think is, is really helpful. Um... I, I mean, how many of us are terrible at remembering names? You, I'm awful. I'm awful. <laughs> you, you do the thing where you introduce yourself and they tell you their name and you forget it instantly. Uh, chaplain is somebody who who takes seriously learning people's names, who who draws up a picture of the neighborhood and, and is sure to write the names on that picture of all of your neighbors so that you don't mm. forget it. He says a chaplain is somebody who takes interest in people's lives, just regularly asks, you know, how you doing? What's going on? He says, a chaplain is a calm, non-anxious presence, uh, somebody who's um, who demonstrates kind of steadiness, and for believers, that steadiness in the Lord, a kind of shalom that we receive from God. And then a chaplain is somebody who offers to pray, um, who asks for prayer requests, who remembers details about those prayer requests, who prays for those prayer requests, and then, you know, comes back and, and spins back and uh you know, ask for follow-up on those prayer requests. You know, ask, you know, what's the latest on your mom's cancer? What's the latest mm-hmm. on the situation with your roommate? What's the latest on the situation with your estranged husband? Um, 
and, and then looking for opportunities to pounce as they as they present themselves. Um, you do you gonna say something? Oh, I was just gonna say I think I think this is a great way. I mean, I I think a, like I'm aware of chaplaincy because of my dad's job, but I've yeah. never really thought through it in this frame of reference. Yeah, but I think it really, I mean, it really takes living evangelistically to the yeah. like to its furthest conclusions. And, well, and I think it's realistic about it too because you know we were talking a little bit ago in the car about. Um, about the effectiveness of street evangelism or mm-hmm. one-off evangelism. And, and the Spirit moves how the Spirit moves, and God can use that if He wants to use that. But, I mean, oftentimes we're around the same groups of people for years on end. You know, you might work with a coworker, someone who's down a cubicle from you or, or whatever for two, three, four, five years, and you see them five days a week, you know. And so this is almost like evangelism, but... But the long game kind of evangelism, something you said that you heard Sam Chan say was sometimes this looks like sharing the gospel in pieces. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a it's like a long haul kind of gospel presentation with people. Yeah, I, I appreciated the way he put it. And in, in, he has another book, Evangelism in a Skeptical World. Yeah. Um, and he, he put it this way. He talks like a lot of times we think of evangelism as like one off events, which it, it absolutely is. And, and by all means, like knock on doors, share the gospel. Yeah. Like, like that is, that is great. Um, but he, he says, um, in, in reference to evangelism, but we need to change our lives so that we live an evangelistic lifestyle, not a life with add on bits of evangelism. Mm. And I think that the idea of being the chaplain of, of where you are, um, really puts that into, into practice. Um, and really gives legs to the idea of living an evangelistic lifestyle. That's really good. Yeah. And so I, I have, I've just kind of decided that I'm going to be the chaplain of this gym that I go to. Um, you know, there, there might actually be an official chaplain of the gym. I, I don't know. Um, and there might be other people who have thought the same thing. But, you know, I go in there usually like three thirty, four in the afternoons. And I've, I've just decided I'm going to be the chaplain of the people who come in here at three thirty, four, four thirty, five o'clock in the afternoon. I'm going to be the chaplain of these these people. And I've prayed that the Lord would give me opportunities to share um, with uh, with you know, those folks that I see regularly. And I try to implement all these things. I try to get to know people's names. I try to ask for details. You can ask about the meaning of tattoos, ask about people's trips. Um, just straight up ask if there's any ways that you can pray for them. Um, just take interest in people and remember that. And then try and just be steady. You know, you don't have to You don't have, to have that depth of conversation every day, but there's always a, you know, hey man, how's it going? Good to see you. Hope you're doing all right kind of thing, kind of touch. And I mean, even in even in the short time where I've really felt the Lord kind of press me into taking on this role of being the chaplain of this area, uh, He's provided opportunities. Uh, I got to talk with a lady recently who was having a surgery, and I offered to pray for her, and she was just so taken aback hmm. by that that somebody offered to pray for her for her surgery. Um, similar situation where there was somebody else who was talking about an estranged spouse that was just being really nasty to him, and I was able to just minister to him in that. Um, so just. Take ownership of where God puts you. Um, I, I read this quote, this little quip. Let's see if I can find it. Oh, gosh. Where did I put it? Talk amongst yourselves while I'm looking for this. <laughs> oh, I think there was one one thing that really stuck out to me in, in this is in thinking through like being the chaplain of your gym or your workplace. It requires that you invest in this place yeah, and you do so intentionally and with purpose. And you, like you were saying, you get to know people well and you not only like get to know them and know their name and say hello or 
give that awkward smile when they walk past um, at, at this the gym. One. Yep, that one. The, <laughs> the, the, the no teeth. Yeah. Um, kind of lip curled. Eye, eyebrow raised. Um, it, but it requires more of that. It requires you invest in the places that you yeah. that you operate, which I think is a it's a beautiful thing. Um, it is a hard thing, and it, and it requires it requires much. Um, it also requires that we be ready in and out of season because mm. we don't know when that moment that that somebody's going to share that they're going through a, a life changing traumatic crisis. Yeah, um, and we have to be prepared to to give a defense for the hope that we have, um, and, and minister to them through that. Yeah. Um, so it does it does require. A lot of energy, a lot of yeah. thought, a lot of preparation, but it is definitely worth it. Yeah, and there's no cruising. Yeah, no cruising. I mean, it, and it, especially in your workplace, I mean, you've got to also, you know, not just have your head on a swivel for opportunities, but you've also got to, like, be a good employee. Mm-hmm. You've got to work well and not have a bad attitude and not be sour when you go to work. You know, you've got to, you've got to have a, a good presence about you. Um, the quote I was looking for. Um, I read a couple of weeks ago, it's that proximity implies accountability. Mm. And the idea there is that like, if Jesus puts you there, it's because Jesus wants you there. And he wants you to minister to the people that are there. Um, and so looking around at the places God has put you and said, and saying to yourself with the Lord's help, I'm going to have a pastoral presence here. I'm going to be, I'm going to be the unofficial de facto chaplain of fill in the blank of this cul-de-sac of this workplace, of this gym, of this coffee shop. And ask for opportunities. Ask the Lord to, to open your eyes to see opportunities to take interest in people and get to know people. And, and uh, you will be shocked at how instantly he answers mm. that request. At least I have been in, in my own experience. Uh, two really helpful takeaways for me that he mentioned was, the, was one, uh, he said that chaplains are wise. We've kind of already mentioned this before, but they live in such a way that they would that they're seen as people who would have good things to say, good insight to offer people. So kind of a kind of a word to us about pursuing wisdom and asking God for wisdom and, and living well. Um, and then he says in this chapter that we are our neighbor's connection with the sacred, mm. which is really beautiful, but also there's a there's a profound responsibility that comes with that. The proximity implies accountability. Recognize that we are our neighbor's connection with the sacred, that you know, what if the Lord sovereignly puts you at Gold's Gym at four o'clock on a Thursday to interact with that person? You know, taking that seriously and, and really choosing to uh, to own that that calling as as a chaplain of those places. What would you say to to someone who who wants to pursue this but is is in a workplace that most people don't want to be chaplained? Yeah, yeah, that's really good. I, I mean, I think you can only. Um, you can only pastor people as much as they're willing to be or chaplain people as much as they're willing to be. Right. So, um, I think it's signaling availability. Um, and what I mean by that is making some of those initial steps towards that person, um, asking, you know, for ways that you can pray and maybe you get stiff armed and maybe, you know, you get, uh, uh, red lighted pretty strongly there, but it's, it's going back and asking again, just to kind of keep, saying like, Hey, I'm, I'm ready. If if you want to talk about something, you know, I'm, I'm ready for that because, you know, sometimes things will happen in people's life where they, where they will want somebody who's, you know, con- connected with God. I, I remember when I was working at Starbucks, um, there was a person that I worked with who, uh, who, who would just kind of pick on me, make fun mm-hmm. of me about being a preacher boy. And, uh, but th- there was this instance where something hit the fan for them and, uh, they came and were like, Hey, I know you're like the preacher boy, whatever. Can you just pray for me about mm. this thing. Um, 
and you know they would have been they would have scoffed anytime I tried to talk about Jesus or the gospel and give give me a good ribbing oh you know all in good fun but it, but it was clear they weren't interested you know but when difficulty struck I mean they were they wanted some kind of connection with the sacred mm-hmm. and I was that in their head so um, you know I would say just kind of do that steady signal of availability and and you know pray for opportunities and then don't be shy when opportunities present themselves. I mean, I think one of the biggest challenges is just the the fact that you're kind of inviting interruption with people Hmm. and uh, being okay with that. Yeah. I mean, I think of like Matthew five, Jesus says you were the light of the world, a city situated on a hill. Yep. And, um, I'll just read it. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather a lampstand and gives light for all who are in the house in the same way. Let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your father in heaven. Hmm. Um, it's not dependent on whether, like, the room you're in, um, you're called to be a light, whether they, whether they want light or night, light want light or not. That's it's it's for their benefit, but ultimately it's for the glory of God. Yeah, um, that's right. And like you said, people are kind of naturally drawn to that. People are looking for a connection with the sacred. They're looking for purpose, and we have the ultimate purpose. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we, we've kind of tried to take that same model with. Uh, uh, Marshall and I recently went to all of the businesses around the church, and it was just kind of a, hey, we're here. Mm-hmm. We we were able to share the gospel with somebody, and we were able to speak a little bit more directly, but mostly our goal was to say, we're here. And we're going to go back, and we're going we're gonna to say, hey, we're still here. And we're going to go back and say, we're still here. As it, and we've said, let's think about ourselves as the unofficial de facto chaplain of these businesses in our neighborhood, and, and even our, you know, our, the houses behind our building. We want to, uh, we want to see ourselves as... as this area's connection to the sacred and take advantage as opportunities present themselves. And I think that's just a really helpful way of kind of thinking about why God has you where he has you at work in your neighborhood and everywhere else. So yeah, I thought, I thought this would be a quick little helpful encouragement and I hope it's encouraging to our, to our listeners and, and I hope it provides you a little bit of a renewed purpose in the places the Lord puts you. Absolutely. If you would uh, like more information about the book or um, further resources on evangelism or how to be, Um, a chaplain in your workplaces or places that you frequent, you can reach out to us. Uh, Check out uh, ridgewoodgreer.com. There's plenty of resources on the website. Um, Also, our contact information is there if you have questions or would like to talk further. Do you have a final word, Trevor? The final word is uh, verisimilitude because I don't actually, I've heard it used before. I don't really know what it means. I think it means something to do with having the appearance of being real, but it's just a solid word. Is that what you meant? Yeah, no, yeah, that's exactly what I meant. <laughs> Verisimilitude. One more time. Verisimilitude. We look forward to talking to you soon.